0: Are you worth loving? Real Life starts now.
1: Welcome to Real Life with Evangelist An and Kathleen Lay, where people with real problems find answers
2: in a real God.
0: Welcome to Real Life. I'm your host, Kathleen Lay, and joining me is my husband, Evangelist An Lay.
2: Later in the show, you'll hear from Mary Pretty, who was looking for love but fell into prostitution.
0: Hmm you know, I know for me in my life, I just wanted to be loved. And I believe that's the core of all people. We all just want to be loved.
2: Yeah. I think when it comes to love, we all have that need for that love and acceptance, Mm -hmm. but there are many who feel like they're not worth that. Yeah. They feel like, gosh, who would love me? Who would even like me? I feel like I have to act a certain way, do certain things in order to earn that worth, to Mm -hmm. be worth it.
0: Yeah. That's so true. And for me, You know, I had high hopes and dreams as a little girl to, you know, be the princess and there'd be a prince charming... But Mm. to be honest with you, I just wanted to be loved and I was willing to marry anyone who would marry me.
2: (laughs) You got to that Uh, point.
0: At that point, I came to that point because it just seemed like the people I dated, you know, they weren't willing to commit.
2: Mm. And then
0: immediately when anyone would do anything for me, buy me flowers, you know, do something nice. I felt like I wasn't worthy enough for that and I Mm. had to pay them back somehow.
2: Wow. You had to perform. right?
0: Right. And so ultimately I struggled a lot lot with self-esteem. I had very low self-esteem.
2: Well, you know, it's easy to get to that point where when we feel like we have no self-worth, we feel like we have to perform or do things. And that type of situation when you have low self-esteem... You can really be cornered into some bad situations through other people, Mm -mm. or you can put yourself in bad situations. Right. What's the answer to this? Well, the truth is that you have great value. Yeah. God values you and you're like a diamond, but maybe you're thinking that you're a diamond, like a cheap diamond. You're not. You are a valuable diamond in God's eyes. The Bible says... But God demonstrates his own love toward us. And that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Mm-hmm. Romans 5.8. You see, you're worth so much because God gave his one and only son for you. That's the price that you're worth.
0: You're valuable and God loves you. Let's hear from Mary after the break.
2: Real Life is made possible by people
1: like you. We'd like to take this opportunity to sincerely thank you for your generous support. We couldn't do it without you. May God bless.
0: Welcome back to Real Life. I'm your host, Kathleen Light, and joining me is my husband, Evangelist on Light.
2: Hello, everyone.
0: Joining us is Mary Pretty, and she's going to share with us how she was a crack addict who was a prostitute, and we're going to find out what brought her to that and how she got set free. Let's welcome to the show, Mary. Thanks for being with us. Thank you. Yeah. So I understand as a little girl, you went to church. You gave your heart to Jesus. You were only eight years old. But things started to get rough and you ended up in a foster home at 12. Can you tell me about that?
1: I did. My grandfather died when I was 12. He was the pastor. He was the rock of our family. He was everything. And so when he passed away, my whole family just split. My mother left to go and do drugs. My father was drinking. And my poor grandmother was just beside herself. And I just could not stay there any longer. I didn't know what to do. So I took a really not sharp knife and cut my wrists and called 911. Mm, And they came and got me and took me to a judge. It was a really small country town. And the judge asked me if I'd wanted to go back home with my grandmother or if I wanted to go into state's care. And I told him I didn't want to go back home.
0: Mm. And what happened from that point on as you were in the state's custody?
1: I was shipped around from placement to placement. I went from a very, very sheltered life. To being put in a shelter the first placement with these teenage girls there for legal issues and so it was just rocking my world it was very strange to me and they sent me to foster homes group homes I was over 30 in four years I started to cut myself shortly after I got into custody because my world was over and so much has happened in such a short time And I felt so numb sometimes, and I just needed to feel something, And so I would cut myself. But with the really bad cuts that I had to get stitches for is when I felt so much anger at everything that happened and angry at myself, and I was just get a razor and those were the really bad cuts Mm. and because of the cutting they put me in psych hospitals and labeled me with everything Mm. and they had me on so much medicine when my grandmother came to visit me I was drooling Mm. and I was just a shell I wasn't even me I was just sitting there
0: wow it was awful and where was God for you in all this
1: I left him <laughs> I left him when my grandfather died. I was so angry at him because my grandfather died. I just didn't pray. I didn't do anything. I felt he left. When my grandfather died, I, I felt that he did too. Wow.
0: Mm-hmm. And so you continued in the system and you were in a haze, a drug-induced haze. And yet at the same time, you just felt very numb and unloved. And that's a deep, yeah. hard feeling to deal with not feeling loved. And this continued. And at 15 years old, something happened. Can you tell me about that?
1: Yeah, I was in a residential treatment center and I ran away with an older girl who knew much more about the world than I did because I knew nothing. And we ran away to Nashville, which was a big city. She met up with some older men, and he had a friend. I was 15, naive. She left me in a room with this guy. It was a building and she went to another part of the building. And that guy ended up raping me and I lost my virginity that night. And something broke within Mm -hmm. me that night. And I just, it was awful. Oh, gosh, I'm so sorry to hear that. I almost honestly felt like I deserved it because I remember they put me in juvie. And I was thinking that that's what I get for running away and acting out and all of that.
0: Mm. And things just went from worse to worse in your situation, because you started to drink and do drugs and ended up meeting someone who really brought you downhill. Tell me about that.
1: Yeah. When I was 18, I met this guy. He was much older than me, and he was everything I thought I wanted because he spent time with me. He was there face-to-face talking with me all through the night about nothing in the beginning, and he gave me that attention and that false love. But I took it. I soaked it in and took it. And he introduced me to drugs and to the dark world of sex and all this other stuff. And I started to do drugs with him. And then one thing led to another. He would start pimping me out to his friends. Uh He would get me so high where I could not see straight and then ask me to do something. And I would jump off a bridge for this man. Uh I was so obsessed with this guy that he tried to break it off one time. And I drove my car to another part of town and I just started cutting my wrist Mm -hmm. because I couldn't imagine my life without him in it. Even though he told me he would never love me, I was beyond in love with him. It was really bad.
0: Wow. It Mm -hmm. sounds like you were really desperate for acceptance and love at that time.
1: Exactly. Yes.
0: Wow. Can you tell me a little bit about what the drugs were doing to you? What kind of drugs you were exposed to?
1: Oh, yeah. Uh, First off, I was doing ecstasy. was the first drug I ever did. We would Mm. do that a lot. And then it would go to GHB as the drugs that we did. And then when I started to work in the spas, I started to do cocaine, just snorting. And then it got deeper and deeper, and I started shooting, and then it moved on to meth and then crack.
0: So you started out with cocaine, and then you were doing other things, and then ended up with crack.
1: At the bottom was crack,
0: yeah. Wow. So these spas that you're talking about, at first you were being pimped out by this guy you felt like you loved. Mm -hmm. Now, was he putting you in these spas or did the relationship
1: end? No, no. Yeah, it was on the rocks. It was never really a relationship to him, but to me it was. Mm
2: -hmm. Yeah, right. But
1: anyway, yeah, I ended up working in the spas when we were on the brink of not even talking and I realized how powerful sex can be Mm -hmm. to get money and to do what you got to do. And so I started working in spas to make money for the drugs. Mm.
0: Wow. And so as you're working in the spa, what were you getting from this besides
1: just the ability to buy your own drugs? I was getting attention And a false sense of belonging Mm. to the girls that work there, the people that ran it and the guys that come in there, the good guys, the nice guys that come in there just talking and Mm. I don't know. Right. And of course the money. Mm.
0: Uh So you're living to really just survive to chase after this drug. Yeah. And did you ever imagine as that little girl that you would be in this place now prostituting yourself to get drugs?
1: Oh, no, never. I wanted to be a songwriter and a teacher. I never wanted in a million years to think that I would just give myself to people for money, for drugs. And at the end, I just gave myself to people for drugs. I mean, it got really bad.
0: Wow, What a painful place to be in. And there are people listening right now who just feel for your story. And maybe they've been through a place where they just would do anything for love. They didn't care what it was, Mm -hmm. just so someone would accept and care for them. Mm -hmm. And my question to you is, what emotions were you feeling at this time? Did you have any or were you completely just numb during that time?
1: Well, I stayed high to stay numb, to not face the feelings I felt when I was sober. And there were some sober days, and I was still like that little girl searching for someone to love me, to accept me, to belong. And I still felt like that orphan. And so I would cling on to anybody that gave me any kind of attention, and I felt lonesome, and I felt depressed and sad and hopeless. Mm-hmm. And so I tried to not be sober ever. Mm.
0: And, you know, you also did some other things where you attempted suicide, and we're going to talk about that on our next show, and how you found yourself just at rock bottom in a crack house, and you turned and looked up and called out to God. We're going to pray for those right now who are in a place where they're in darkness, they're hurting, they're in pain, and they need healing. They need hope. Mary, we're going to have you on our next show. Thank you so much for being with us. Thank you. Thank you.
2: I think oftentimes in life, we can come to very disappointed moments that become life-changing for us as you're hearing in this show. And I just sense that there's someone right now listening and saying, gosh, I really identify with that. I just feel so numb. I feel that I can't feel anything in life. I'm so disappointed in how things ended up in life. Father God, I'm praying for that person right now. I'm praying for that person just to raise up their hand and say, gosh, God, that's me. I'm at a point now where I can't feel anything. God, help me to feel again. Help me to know that I'm alive. Help me to know the reason why I'm alive today. Jesus, we love you. We receive you. We believe in you so that we can feel again. In Jesus' mighty name.
0: Amen. If you need prayer, give us a call at 877-480-4477. Again, 877-480-4477. Thank you so much for tuning in. You're listening to Real Life.